this evening and turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. This evening, I'm going to preach on a, a subject that I believe is, is one really for all times, but particularly for times like this. We need to keep our, our, eye, our eyes in the right place and our focus in the right place. And uh, what we need to do is, is uh, continue to, to uh, have hope in our hearts. And there's, the Bible talks a lot about hope, and we're going to take a look at some things about it this evening Let's start in Ephesians chapter 2, and let's all stand together, if you would. Ephesians chapter 2, and verses 11 through 13, it says, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh, made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I'm so thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ, which cleanses us from all sin. And though we were at enmity with you before we got saved, and though we were far off from you before we got saved, when we trusted you as Savior, you not only gave us forgiveness of sins, you not only gave us a home in heaven, you not only gave us a relationship, a personal relationship with you, but you also gave us hope. And Father, we thank you. We thank you for that hope. This is not a a hope-so hope that we're talking about tonight, but a no-so hope. And God, I pray that you would work in our hearts and help us to see that we, we have much to be thankful for and much, much to, to uh, have hope in. We pray that you would bless this message, work in our hearts, encourage the saints, we pray tonight. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said... Amen. By the way, you can say amen at home too. I, I got a kick out of this this morning when uh, when I said you could go ahead and you could text me. I got a, a bunch of texts now. I, I, I will say this that uh, I did I, I did not you know my 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 ringer did not go off okay, but my vibrator's still on. So <laughs> so my, my leg was tingling for quite a while, and uh, I like that. That's that's a good thing. <laughs> And uh, so uh, I, I think I think we need to participate back and forth and and uh, just just be a blessing. Um, what what according to the Bible is hope? You know one thing that I like about our it just blesses my heart about our King James Bible is that it is a self-defining book. It's a self-defining book, and I'll prove it to you. Take your Bibles and turn with me over to Proverbs chapter thirteen and Proverbs chapter ten. Proverbs chapter 13 and Proverbs chapter 10. Let's look at Proverbs 13 first. Proverbs chapter 13, look down in verse 12. It says, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. And that tells you right there that one of the, one of the things that hope is, it's desire. It's desires that we have that eventually get fulfilled. Go over to 
Proverbs chapter 10. And in Proverbs 10, look down in verse 28. The hope of the righteous shall be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked shall perish. So it says that, that hope is not only desire, but it's also expectations. When we hope in something, we expect something to happen. And, and as I said in the prayer, the, the Bible term for hope is not a, well, I sure hope so hope, but it's a no-so hope. It's a firm hope. Uh, what's the basis of our hope? Well, the basis of our hope is found in Titus chapter 1 and verse 2, where it says, in hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. Our hope comes from God and the promises that he makes. Our, our hope comes from God and the surety of his word. We know that because this is God's word that, and God cannot lie, that everything that we read in this book is true. And when this book puts expectation and puts desire in our heart toward God, then it's going to come true. It's, 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 it's the basis of our hope. What, is it, what are some things that, according to the scriptures, uh, give us hope? And we're going to look at, at, at some things uh, tonight that, that, will, that will give us hope, cause us to hope and hope in God. First thing is experience. And we're going to go through these fairly quickly. Experience gives us hope. Romans chapter 5 and verses 3 through 5 uh, it, in fact, if you'd like to, you go ahead and turn there. I love this passage of Scripture. It encourages me often. And, uh, and, and I just I appreciate what God says is the process that he takes us through. In, in uh, Romans 5, verse 3, it says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Knowing that. Now, it, the, that first part of the verse sounds kind of strange. We glory in tribulations. Who in the world would glory in trouble? Who would glory in difficulty? Well, when you know what they work and you know what they produce, you can glory in them. Not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Uh, seeing God work in your life and seeing God work in your life personally gives you experience and it shows you that you have a God you can trust, you have a God you can rely on, and that experience brings hope. It's, it's, uh, the, the, the whole idea of it is, is that as you continue to build more and more experiences where God is strong in your behalf and comes through for you, lifts you up and carries you through, you can look back with the next experience that you are, are ready to go through, like this experience that we're in right now with the coronavirus, and we can, we can look back and say, you know, God, you took care of me here, and you took care of me there, and you took care, you know, right on down the line. And, and we, we, what that does, that builds the hope up in our hearts, the expectation, the desire that God will continue to take care of us. Another thing that gives us hope is uh, found in Romans chapter 15 and verse 4. Romans 15, 4 says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Patience and comfort of the, the Scriptures. Uh, the Scriptures allow us 
to be patient because we know that God's true in what he says. Uh, just because God makes a promise does not mean that that promise is going to be fulfilled instantaneously. It may be some time before it's fulfilled. But because we know it's God who, who made the promise, and because we know that God is true and does not lie, and because we know the Scripture is true, we, ha we have patience, it works patience in us, and also comfort. It's a comfort to know that we've got a God who watches over us. It's a comfort to know that, uh, you know, and I've said this so many times already, but uh, this, this whole coronavirus worldwide did not take God by surprise. And you know what? If, if he's not surprised and he's not flapped by the whole deal, then we can plug into him and we don't need to, to uh, be freaked out over the thing uh, because we have a God who is good and who is constant and he can take care of us through this whole ordeal. Uh, you know, when we wait and see God's promises come to fruit in our lives, it gives us more and more hope. Another thing that gives us hope, Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. Romans 15, 13 says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in, in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. It says joy and peace in believing will give you hope. We talked about that this morning about having the, 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 joy, the joy of God in our hearts and, and having the peace of God which passeth all understanding. And as that joy and rejoicing and as that peace grows, then we also have more and more hope. Our hope grows as well. And the, and the truth is, is that, that uh, doubt, anytime doubt gets in there, doubt never brings peace. Doubt brings turmoil. Doubt brings problems. Doubt brings a double-mindedness. And the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So joy and peace in believing in God and in his word gives us hope. Another thing that gives us hope, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 16 says, Now the, the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Grace gives us hope. Uh, grace goes, goes hand in hand with consolation. And as we experience God's grace, God's strength, God's power, God's resources in our lives, we, we experience more and more consolation. I'll give you an example of it. When I was 17, I trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. I uh, lost my mom when I was eight years old, and uh, really from about that point on until I was 17, thought a lot about death and didn't really talk to many people about it, but thought about it. I was in tremendous turmoil about the thing at times. And uh, uh, on, on February, actually February 19th was when I began the conversation, and it went past midnight, went into February 20th, uh, but uh, I was talking with a man who was witnessing to me, a preacher, and he led me to Jesus Christ. When, when I got saved, I, I got, because I, I plugged into the grace of God, I got hope. You know, from that day till this, and that was many, many moons ago, from that day till this, I, I have not been concerned about dying. I've not been concerned about hell. 
And because Jesus Christ forgave me of all my sins and gave me eternal life. And I didn't, I'm not going to get eternal life when I die. I've got it already. And I have eternal life. And, uh, and that, that, that causes your hope to grow. Another thing that gives us hope is uh, found in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Um, it says, Blessed be the, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath, give, hath gotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Uh, we get a lively hope when we get saved because there's a hope of resurrection. And again, this is not a hope-so hope, but it's a no-so hope. And, and it's, it's really twofold. It's the, the, the hope and the realization that someday we will personally be resurrected. But not only is our resurrection uh, you know, given to us, that, that hope of that resurrection... But also the resurrection of those that have gone on before us. Uh, many of us have, have lost loved ones that we knew were saved. We knew we trusted Christ as a Savior. You know, uh, anytime you lose someone like that, you never have to say goodbye. You only have to say, see you later. It's not a, it's not a, a goodbye parting. It's a see you later parting. Why? Well, that's because of the resurrection. Because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Uh, in fact, this is what all of what 1 Corinthians 15 is all about. It's the resurrection chapter in your Bible. Um, because Jesus Christ rose from the dead, we are confident that our resurrection will take place as well. And uh, someday those loved ones and those friends and those, those relatives that, that uh, have gone on before you you will see them again. And, and that, that breeds tremendous hope in our hearts. And then the, the last thing is Titus chapter 2. In fact, I want you to turn to this one. Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. And look down. Actually, let's start in verse 11. <clears throat> Titus 2 verse 11 says, For the grace of God... That bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying godliness, that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, the thing that gives us hope is the fact that Jesus Christ is coming again. And the more I see things like what I'm seeing going on in the world right now, uh, I realize that Christ's coming is, is getting closer and closer. And, uh, uh, you know, he could, he could come at any time. The Bible talks about the fact that, that uh, his, his coming for us who are saved is, is an eminent coming. That means it could happen at any moment. Wouldn't it be good if it happened tonight? Wouldn't it be good if we just got rid of all this, all this coronavirus stuff, just went up to heaven? Listen, there's no viruses in heaven. There's no bacteria in heaven. There's no hospital beds in heaven. There's no ventilators in heaven. None of that stuff's up there because it's not necessary. But the, the fact that Christ it will someday return for us, whether it be in our lifetime or whether it be in our children's lifetime, just having that hope, knowing that we could see him. You're going to see him one way or the other. 
if you're if you're saved, you're either going to see him because you die, and the Bible says uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord instantaneously. Uh, as soon as it, as you take the last breath and you die, the Bible says that we will see the Lord face to face, uh, or before that ever happens, he's going to come and get us. And, and that means there is a generation, whether it be our generation or another generation, but there is a generation coming down the pipe that will never see death. I'll tell you what, if that doesn't give you hope, nothing will. And, uh, and it's, it's just it's a blessing to have that, that hope, that blessed hope of the return of Christ. Well, what does hope do for us? Uh, hope, hope. Having hope does a lot of things for us, and not having hope can be very, very destructive because these things will not be, will not be present in your life if you don't have that strong hope. What does hope do? Well, first of all, hope strengthens. Psalm 31 and verse 24 says, Be of good cheer, and, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Your heart gets strengthened when, when, you have, when you have hope in God. Another thing hope does is it, it anchors the soul. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. We've got a, a song that we sing, steadfast and sure while the billows roll. Uh, anchored to the rock that cannot move. Founded firm and deep in the Savior's love. Well, uh, that kind of hope gives you an anchor. It causes you not, not so much to, to be tossed to and fro by every trouble, every wind of doctrine, every emotion that is thrown your way. You become steadfast because hope anchors the soul. Another thing hope does is it draws us close to God. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 19. For the, the law made nothing perfect. But the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. And of course, that better hope is, is the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He died for our sins. He paid the entire price, not part of it, but all of it. And then three days later, three days and three nights later, he rose again from the dead. And that, that, gives, us, that gives us hope, and that causes us to be drawn nigh to God. Another thing that gives us hope, the last thing is, or, or that hope does actually, is that it purifies. It strengthens, it anchors the soul, it draws us close to God, and it purifies. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 3. In fact, take your Bibles and go there also, if you would. 1 John chapter 3. And look at me, let's start in verse 1, because this is, this is speaking of the blessed hope, it's speaking of the return of Christ. And it says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear... We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him 
purifieth himself even as he is pure. If you have the hope of, of the coming of Christ, if you have the hope of that blessed hope that one day we're going to see him face to face, that causes us to purify ourselves because we know we're going to see him someday. We desire to be pure. I was listening to a song earlier today and it had to do with seeing God face to face and having him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I was reminded that there probably aren't any sweeter words in all the world than to be taken from this, this earth and from this body and be transported into heaven, see God face to face, and for him to just simply say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well, that's what I desire. I trust that's what you desire as well. What, what that will do is because we know he could come at any moment, because he could come at any time, that causes us to purify. And, and that's what hope does. It strengthens, it anchors the soul, it draws us close to God, and it purifies. Now, in the Bible, I found that there were different types of hope, different types of hope. For instance, the first one, and I want you to, to turn to all these passages with me. Go to Acts chapter 26, if you would. Acts chapter 26. And in Acts 26, I want you to look down with me in verses 6 through 8. Acts 26, verses 6 through 8 says, And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers, unto which promise our twelve tribes instantly serving God day and night hope to come, for which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. Why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? This first hope is, is called the hope of the promise, and it's a promise of resurrection. Not only the promise that Christ would and did resurrect from the dead, but because he did, so will we. And we have that promise, and we have that hope. That's the hope of the promise. If you're saved, there's an absolute promise that someday you too, just like Jesus Christ, will be raised from the dead. Another, another hope is in Acts chapter 28. Just a couple of pages over, Acts chapter 28. And look down in verse 20. Acts 28, verse 20. It says, For this cause, therefore, have I called for you to see you and to speak with you, because that for the hope of Israel I am bound with this chain. It talks about the hope of of Israel. The hope of Israel, of course, was Jesus Christ. Your entire Old Testament is, is simply one big directional signal that points to the cross. It points to the fact that Jesus was, was going to come and be not only the, the, the nation of Israel's deliverer, but really the deliverer for the whole world. And uh, uh, all of, the, all of the books of the Old Testament uh, point to a coming Savior, point to a coming Deliverer, point to Emmanuel, God with us, uh, one day showing up on this earth. And of course, that's Jesus Christ. And, and uh, he, he uh, uh, came to this earth and fulfilled that hope. 
Paul said, he said, for that hope, that's why I am in these chains. In other words, what he was saying was, was that, was that uh, I'm, I'm here because of Jesus Christ. And, and Paul believed that, that Christ was worthy uh, of him personally being mistreated. He says, listen, I'm willing to go through this because this was the hope of Israel. This is what we've been waiting for all these years, and now we've seen it fulfilled in Jesus Christ. There's another hope. We'll go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5. In Galatians 5, look down in verse 5 with me, if you would. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 5. It says, For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. The hope of righteousness. Our only hope of righteousness is in Jesus Christ. We, when, when a person trusts Christ as Savior... They get his imputed righteousness. That just simply means that his righteousness has been put to our account. Uh, we give him our sin. He gives us his righteousness. Man, that's a pretty good trade, don't you think? That's a pretty good deal. And uh, uh, the Bible makes it, makes it real clear that, that righteousness comes through Christ someday. We're going to have that righteousness totally fulfilled in us. When we have it fulfilled is when either we're raptured or we're taken by death and we go up to heaven, we will no longer struggle with any sin. There will no longer be, be a sin nature. Man, I'll tell you, uh, outside of seeing Christ face to face, I think one of the greatest hopes that we have, and one that I'm looking forward to, is never having to struggle with this stinking flesh again. Never having to. You know, you will never be tempted to do anything. You'll never be tempted to have the wrong thoughts. You'll never be tempted to say the wrong thing. Uh, every, you know, the, the, I think this is an amazing thing. Every time we open our mouth, it's always going to come out right. Always going to come out right. It's never going to be wrong. Wouldn't that be nice if that happened just for just a, for an hour today? Uh, but 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 that's what we have to look forward to. That's a that's a hope that we have. That's the hope of righteousness. Then there's then there's another hope. Uh, Ephesians chapter one. Turn with me there, if you would. Ephesians chapter one, and verses fifteen down through verse eighteen. Ephesians 1.15 says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what the, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. This is talking about the hope of his, his calling. And if you drop down with me to just look over to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. Paul says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. 
A, vo a vocation is, is a job, a vocation is a duty that we have in life. And, and uh, Paul was telling the entire Ephesian church, he wasn't just talking to the elders, he wasn't just talking to the, those that were, were uh, in spiritual authority, but he was talking to the entire church. And he, and he said, he said uh, that they need to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith they are called. Uh, we, have a, we have a hope of his calling because of our vocation in Christ. And our vocation ought to be, and what God has called us to have, is a lifetime of service for him. Where we just, our life is not our own, but, but we, we live for him. Paul said it this way, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Uh, he understood that when, when he got saved, things changed. When he got saved, he no longer owned himself. The Bible says we're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your spirit and in your body, in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Um, we, we, have this, we have this calling, all of us, you know, so many times, uh, you hear you hear it said, and I, I believe it's true of pastors that pastors and missionaries and evangelists and so forth are are called of God. We are, but really we're called of God to do what we do. But all of us are called to do what God would have us to do because we all have the calling of God on us. And you know, that's a that that's an encouragement to me. It always has been. Uh, it ought to be an encouragement to you. That means God expects to use you. That means God expects to be able to work through you. And he can work through you. If we give ourselves to him, he will. But it's, it's, it's exciting to have that expectation that God can use us. And that's what Paul meant when he said, I am what I am by the grace of God. In other words, I couldn't do anything that God has called me to do if it wasn't for his grace. But because he's given me this calling, I know that God is going to use me. There's an expectation that, that God will use us. There, there's a, there's an, another, another type of hope. It's the, the hope of the gospel. Colossians chapter 1. Turn there with me if you would. Colossians 1. And in Colossians 1, verses 20 down through verse 23. Colossians 1, 20 says, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh, through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If you continue in the faith grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. That's, that's called the hope 
of the gospel. And that hope of the gospel is what caused us to be reconciled. In other words, we're at enmity with God before we got saved. And as soon as we got saved, you know, we looked at other verses that had to do with drawing nigh unto God. He not only drew nigh to us, but he reconciled us. In other words, he, he took that enmity down and we, we, were, we were brought close to him. And that, that hope of the gospel, knowing that that reconciliation has already taken place positionally, you know, causes us to stay, stay right with God. Should, should be a, uh, cause you to have a desire uh, that, that hope of the gospel should, should give you the desire to not stray from God. Because we've been reconciled. Why in the world get farther away when we were so far away and we were drawn close to him through Christ? Then in another, another hope, go to Colossians chapter 1. And well, you're in Colossians 1, look down in verse 27. It says, To whom God would, would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Next hope, the sixth hope, is, is the hope of glory. And the hope of glory is Christ in you. The Bible says that not only do we have Christ as our Savior, not only do, will he never leave us nor forsake us, but we are in him, and now, because we have been made part of, part of him when we were placed into his body at salvation, and the Bible says that he is in us. He is in us, in the, in the person of the Holy Spirit. But if you're saved, you take God with you everywhere you go. I understand the sentiment when somebody prays and says, now Lord, be with us. Uh, what, what, what we mean when we say that is we're talking about be with us in power, be with us in strength, manifest yourself. But the truth of the matter is we never have to ask God if you're saved to be with us because he's always in us. The uh, Bible says we're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. And, and that, that, that hope of glory is Christ in you. you. And Christ is with you at all times. Then the, the last one is the hope of eternal life. Uh, Titus chapter 3, if you turn with me there. Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3, look down with me in verses 7 and 8. Titus 3, 7 and 8 says that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good... And, and profitable unto men. Uh, this is the hope of eternal life. This is uh, what, what you received when you trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. You were justified, and you were justified by his grace. And that gave you the hope. And that again, that hope is not a hope-so hope, but it's an absolute firm no-so hope. Bible says, these things have been written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Immediately, as soon as you trusted Christ as Savior, he gave you, and you had, and you still have today, eternal life. 
Now, what, what is it we're supposed to hope in? Well, I'm just going to give you three, three quick things that, that uh, God tells us that we can hope in every single day. First of all, Psalm 147 and verse 11, it says, The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him and those that hope in his mercy. You know, you can, you can have, have hope in the fact that the mercy of God is always there for you. Uh, God's, God's mercy endureth forever. I was reading Psalm 136 this morning, and, uh, and I love that psalm. You know, the, when, when I was younger in the Lord and I, and I would come to Psalm 136, I'll, I'll confess to you what I used to do. After about three or four verses where, where it would say something and say, His mercy endureth forever, His mercy endureth forever, I would skip the mercy endureth forever part and just go to the first part of the verse and just speed read all the way down. As I've gotten older, I appreciate the fact that His mercy endureth forever, His mercy endureth forever, His mercy endureth forever, His mercy endureth forever. That's a, that's a blessing to know, and I don't want to skip over that. Uh, I want to be reminded of the fact that I can go to God for mercy. Listen, because of His mercy, you can confess your sins to God, and He is always faithful. He's always just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And that ought to be a blessing. So we can hope in His mercy every day. Another thing we can hope in, Psalm 130 and verse 5. Says, I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. We can put our hope, we can put our trust, we can put our faith in his word. I'm, you know, we've got a we've got a, a mural on the back of our baptistry. It's got a King James Bible on the top, and there's two pillars that hold it up. And one pillar is marked inspiration, and the other pillar is marked preservation. You know, if God, if God inspired his word but never preserved his word, we would have nothing to hold. But because he not only inspired it, but he also he gave it by inspiration, uh, he, he also kept it by preservation. And be, because we know that we have the very words of God in our hands and in our language, we can, we can have hope. We can hope. Listen, you know, I, I thought about this today. You realize that when Job was going through all of the problems and all of the difficulties that he had, Job was the very first book written in your Bible. It's not the first book of the Bible as far as chronologically when it, when it comes to the, the way that events took place. Uh, Genesis is the, is the first book, but the first book that was ever written uh, by, by divine inspiration was the book of Job. You know what that means? That means that all the way through that whole thing, Job had no words to lean on. He had, listen, he had no scripture that he could look at. He, had no, he, he, he did not have comfort of the scriptures which gave hope. He didn't have that. Now, there were times, I believe, that God spoke to him, and we find some of those times uh, right in, in the book of Job. And toward the end, God, God answers Job's questions, and he answers his questions with a bunch of questions, but, but he, he answers his questions. But up until then, and that was the thing that frustrated Job, was that, that he did not hear from God. Listen, Christian, every single day you can hear from God. 
you can open up this book and you can get a blessing from it. You can, you can let God speak personally to you. And you do that through the word of God. Through his word we have hope. And then, then last of all, and this, is, this almost sounds simplistic, but it's really true. We can hope in God. Psalm 146 verse 5. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. We have hope because God is faithful and God is true and we can hope in him. Saved people are people of hope. People that, have, that know Christ as Savior are, are people with a future, are people with a purpose. We have a hope, we have, we have future, we have purpose because of the hope that lieth within us. Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 43. Psalm 43. And, you know, and, and this message and this, this whole concept of hope is not something that would just need when, when seemingly the lights go out, you know, and, and, and situations get a little bit shaky in our, in, in, in our lives and in our surroundings and with, with others. But the truth of the matter is we've got to have that hope before us every single day of our lives. And, and in Psalm, Psalm 43, Psalm 43, if you look with me down in, uh, in, verse, in verse 5, in verse 5, we're going to read verse 5. We're also going to read verse, verse 11. It says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Let me ask you something. You've ever been cast down? Maybe that's been going on here the last few days. <laughs> you ever had your spirit disquieted? Sure you have. I have. Uh, there, there have been times even during this thing where I've gotten... I started to get a little queasy. I've started to get a little, little nervous and jerky, so to speak, and uh, and we get that way sometimes. But but we need to realize that our soul does not need to be in turmoil like that. Why? It says it says, "Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance." Look down in verse eleven. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I thank you so much for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. For the hope that we have in scripture. For the hope that you give to us day by day as we go through experiences and we go through trials and we thank you for those trials. We thank you for those, those even those, those things that we did not choose to go through. And we certainly have not chosen to go through this, this time in history. But, Lord, you've allowed us to be alive for such a time as this. And there's some things you want to teach each and every one of us. And one of them is, is that we can have hope in God. And, uh, Lord, we can, we can talk about it. You know, with all kinds of confidence when the sun is shining and things are going really well. But uh, it's another thing when the bottom seems to be shaky and starts to fall out from underneath us. But we realize we still have a God who loves us. We have a, have a, a book that we can trust in, rely upon. We've got some things that we've looked at this, this evening that we can 
have our hope firmly founded in. And God, uh, I'm just so thankful that you are, you are not uh, a God of discouragement, but you are a God of hope. I pray, Lord, that uh, there may be someone here the, this evening or watching on live stream that uh, has, has, has started to quiver a little bit in hope for whatever reason. Could be economic reasons, could be health reasons, could be difficulties with others. It could just be doubts and fears that have crept in. Uh, help us to see tonight and help us to recommit to ourselves uh, the, the, the hope that lieth within us, that, that we can have hope because we have a God who cares for us. Uh, let us not be disquieted in our souls, but let us hope in God. Work in our hearts right now and help us to commit ourselves tonight to, to uh, have a firm and a solid hope in the God of the universe who not only saved our soul, but will keep us not only in this life, but throughout all eternity. And we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for what you do in our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together.